And we are into the Real Money Show, the number to start investing. You know it by now, one eight seven seven eight silver or their website, therealmoneyshow.com. We have Jeremy Wiseman in studio, Darren Long, our senior analyst. Jeremy, by the way, is the vice president. And uh, welcome back to another week, guys. What is the, uh, what's the update, first of all, Darren? Well, it's a flat week, John. Actually, we lost some ground in the metals markets. And as we come to a conclusion at the end of the week, the metals markets are starting to regain a little bit of momentum. But uh, Tuesday of this past week was a tough day for metals. And again, with the U.S. dollar gaining some strength, the index that is on weakness in other currencies, not on strength in the U.S. economy, uh, metals and uh, other commodities that are sensitive to U.S. dollar movements definitely lost some ground. Gold uh, hovered down momentarily below or down to the 1200 range, while silver bounced down as low as about 1670 uh, and change. Now, we're of the opinion that Tuesday's correction represents a huge turning point in the precious metals markets and that actually physical precious metals are soon going to begin to move higher from these levels. This is a typical uh, behavior of a market prior to a move. We engaged in this type of move prior to 2011, prior to 2008, 06, and 04. Now, that being said, have we had other downsides in the markets? We have. Have we come to this conclusion before? We definitely have. But Tuesday marked the end of the month and the end of the quarter, both of which have typically marked an increase in selling activity. Tuesday's selling activity also coincidentally took place just before the European Central Bank was to hold its policy meeting, which is Thursday today, uh, as we tape the show, at which it is expected to announce that it will be uh, implementing some full-blown quantitative easing. Well, that was the expectation, but again, not a lot happening on that front. So again, you're seeing some uh, some misreading of the headlines and the guidance that has been given in that market. Also, coincidentally, uh, what occurred before the release uh, uh, this drop occurred right before the release of non-farm, uh, non-farm payroll reports in the U.S., which come out on Friday. Now, the August uh, NFP was abysmal, and it missed expectations hugely. And September's is now just a wild card for results. So we're watching, and the sell-off in precious metals on Tuesday uh, really was based on no significant news at all. Uh, that we can determine other than media reports of a strong U.S. dollar. So the fact that gold was largely left alone, again, while silver took the brunt of the selling, is also a note uh, really given the increase in geopolitical tensions and notably the weak economic data we've seen thus far in the week. Now, crude oil also saw a sizable slide on Tuesday as well, which had a lot of the media pundits speculating that either a hedge fund was blowing up or that maybe a massive seller came in with a huge order. Either way, given the news of yet another geopolitical risk in the form of uh, the growing protest movement in Hong Kong and others, the commodity sell-off seems way, way overblown. I want everybody to know that if you're listening, you're watching, you're looking for good opportunities, they're staring at you right now. It uh, is definitely an oversold market, and this may represent nothing more than another excellent opportunity to buy physical precious metals. In fact, what we're seeing is when we look at the silver-gold ratio trading around over 71 to 1 silver to gold, we haven't seen levels like that on the ratio since 2008 when silver hit a low of, uh, I believe, 825 or so. So this really does, if you're a value investor, you really want to pay attention to that at this point. And we went from an 80 to 1 ratio all the way, squeezing all the way down to a 35 to 1 ratio within that run. So to be buying it in the 71 to ratio is is definitely a buying opportunity. We're looking at as a buying opportunity. We've seen lots of people purchasing physical bullion looking to take advantage. Ironically, because the US dollar did gain strength, 
there wasn't a big difference Canadian-wise to see a price of $17 silver versus $18.50 silver. It was essentially buying it at the same price. People who are buying are smart. We get that. But it's like, you know, if, if a $30,000 car is now selling for fifteen thousand, what, what, what else do you need to jump on it? What are everybody else waiting for? Well, the bottom line is that sentiment $13 is, silver? Sentiment is weak. <laughs> a lot of the buyers look at the market and fail to look behind the headlines, don't listen to shows like ours. And as a result, they take what they get at face value. And that is that gold and silver are terrible. They don't have any merits. They can't uh, derive a dividend from things like gold. They're not stocks. They they shouldn't be part of your portfolio. And let's let's face it, most portfolio managers, uh, planners, advisors really don't have any inkling as to how to handle physical uh, gold or silver. So they don't really get to the forefront of anybody's thinking. To us, it represents opportunity, but to the average person, I mean, they're just absolutely fearful of what's going on right now. They, they're they're dealing with things like credit card debt and how to get their kids to school every day, and uh, you know, car payments and things like that. Let alone try to decide where the extra thousand bucks we have every month should be parked. But the reality is, going forward, assets like this are quality assets, and I needn't look any further than this week's report. Uh, this was an article that was that came from the uh, Foreign... Council of Foreign Relations. That's right, the Council of Foreign Relations. And it was an article written by none other than our friend Alan Greenspan, who is the former uh, head of the uh, Federal Reserve in the U.S. Now, Alan Greenspan held that seat from 1987 to 2006 before Ben Bernanke took over. And this paper, and, and remember, during that time, 80, 87 to 2006, Alan Greenspan was not a proponent of gold. He spoke out against it. It didn't pay dividends, same as Warren Buffett. Uh, really no uh, significant interest in talking about gold whatsoever. And and just before we go into this article, remember, uh, Ron Paul held up a coin of, of bullion to uh, Bernanke and said, is this gold? What is this? And, and Bernanke just refused to answer any question about whether or not gold actually had any um, value at all. So disignoring 5,000 years of history. Correct. Brilliant. Yes. That's true. And I mean, this article is a perfect example of that because it was entitled The Golden Rule, Why Beijing is Buying. And it was published uh, just this week and, of course, by Alan Greenspan. And what he basically said was that uh, if... China were to use a portion of their $4 trillion in foreign reserve currencies uh, to buy enough gold bullion, they could surpass U.S. easily mm-hmm. as the largest holder of bullion. And he goes on to stipulate why that would be important. And basically what he's saying is that uh, he points out that gold is the ultimate form of money uh, in the world, and it is universally acceptable, which again adds uh, fire uh, fuel to the fire for the argument that it 's a form of currency. It is actually a form of currency, and we 've argued this for years it 's supported by many that understand it and uh, he concedes that a return to the gold standard is not necessarily likely at this point in time unless perhaps maybe it was modified to some extent mm-hmm. there 's just not enough gold to back a major currency but He's talking about in being in a crisis, uh, a fiat currency or a paper dollar, whether it's Canadian dollar, the U.S. dollar, any other, they may not be accepted elsewhere in the world if your country gets into a crisis. And we almost saw that in 2008. In fact, in the article, he's, he's essentially putting forth the argument we've said on this show time and time again, which is 
if it actually was a barbarous relic, <laughs> then why would central banks want to own gold in in their in their coffers? Essentially, because it has a, a record of thousands of years yeah. of being a real currency, and fiat currencies do not have that record. In fact, there's never been a fiat currency that sur- that survived. Um, long-term, mid-term uh, comparison to, to gold, that central banks want to own it. Now, if you look in, just come back a little bit and get a bit of a, a larger perspective, you'd see that moving through the early 2000s, countries were getting off of their standard, selling off their gold. They were enjoying the fiat party. The generation at that time had completely just fallen in love with this idea of paper currencies by decree. And as soon as uh, 2008 occurred in the crisis in, in the markets, central banks began to start buying gold en masse and start accumulating again because they realized, uh, maybe humbled by the fact that their systems are fragile. Fiat currencies are fragile. They are weak. And when you see, and I, we talked about this last week, I think that you have to be counterintuitive. When you see the U.S. dollar going up for no reason, there is really no reason for it to be moving up here. Um, their debts haven't gone away. The stock market is starting to look weak. Uh, they've got low interest rates, so they're creating more and more money, which isn't good for the value of the currency. I could go on and on and on. And yet the... And yet the the exit door to the U.S. currency is gold and silver, just as Greenspan is saying, and yet the price of that is going down. So I think if you're counterintuitive, I think if you're, if you're looking for value, you've got to be definitely looking at uh, gold and silver right now. Incredible price. And this article from Greenspan is also in the Precious Metal Advisor this week. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number, therealmoneyshow.com. Darren, the ECB is rumored to be considering beginning a full-blown U.S. Federal Reserve-style quantitative easing program. Give me some details. Well, we mentioned it just off the top in that first bit of the segment, but uh, today uh, the European Central Bank kept its benchmark interest rate at 0.05%. We're taping again on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, they gave details of their asset purchase program that was, was announced last month. The bank's head, Mario Draghi, said it would start buying uh, covered bonds this month and other assets in the final three months of the year. Now, he said it would continue to buy assets for two full years or 24 months. And the bank is looking to add liquidity to the financial system and boost lending and lift the flagging economic growth in that country. So they're definitely moving towards an easing program. Uh, it's a printing program. The, remember, Europe is very much against this. Its mm-hmm. citizens are very much against accumulating mass massive piles of debt, similar to what the U.S. has done. Uh, Historically, they turn to assets like gold. Uh, That's why for 2,000-plus years, gold has been uh, a a universal currency because countries like that uh, that are in the ECB have turned to gold and used it. Now, remember, the importance of this is to shed light on what is happening around the rest of the world. And the argument we've made is that not only is the U.S. participating in a massive printing program, but every organized country in the world uh, is participating to some extent in money printing. And the outcome of that money printing is uh, is the fundamental number two we talk about in our seminars, which is inflation. You cannot print loads and loads and loads of money like they have been doing and not expect at some point for interest rates to rise and inflation to occur. In some cases, it'll be hyperinflation, but in most cases, it'll be inflation nonetheless. This will happen in the U.S. market and in Canada, mark my words, 
you will see a return to the 70s environment in which interest rates were reaching 10, 12, 13%, mortgage rates reaching above 20%. That's going to happen. It's only a matter of time. We cannot flood the system full of this liquidity and go on a building binge like we've we've done at artificially low rates without at some point it capping out and starting to turn the other way to protect the purchasing power. So expect that to happen. It's the other way they can control their debts. And the ECB is just joining and participating. How do you protect yourself? Very simple. Call Guildhall. Get a package of information. Go to our website. John, you've given out that a million times. Mm -hmm. It couldn't be easier. If you want to open up an account, we deal in physical precious metals, gold, silver, bullion. And uh, the easiest way to open up an account is simply have 200 or more ounces of silver, 10 or more ounces of gold. You can store it in a depository, which is local. We have other options for storage around the world as well. And uh, again, opening up an account couldn't be easier. If you want to go online, you can look at the website. In the top right corner of the website, you will see our our logo pasted there for our e-store. You can go and buy bullion online, convenience of your home. Certainly don't have to have one of us involved. We'd love to speak with you, of course, get the chance to answer questions. But it's all right there for you, and you can choose from all kinds of different products. If you're interested in opening up an account, I highly suggest you do speak to somebody, get more knowledgeable, find out why the price is low right now and why we think the price is going to go higher long term. You've got a ton of information on our website, and uh, it couldn't be easier to get started today. Jeremy, I think the other half of this is the fact that it's also not only buying through you guys makes sense, but it's easier to sell. Right, when it comes to that time. That's right. With, with the depository, what you're getting is you're allocating your, your bullion you're segregating it from every all the other holders of bullion. You have access to go visit your bullion and audit it yourself, audit it by a third party. We give you title to that product. So this is a, about as strong an investment for owning physical bullion without having to take on the risk of securing it on your own, whether it's uh, in your in your basement in a, a safety dis, uh, a security box, uh, sorry, a safety deposit box. And the best part is, is you are getting that that instant access to the market, whether it's to buy very quickly or to sell very quickly. If you put, if you put a thousand ounces of silver, two thousand ounces of silver, and you put it in a safety deposit box, and the, and you decide today's the day to to get out of it, you've got to stop what you're doing, mm-hmm. leave work, um, go to the safety deposit box, lift up in this case what would be over a, a hundred pounds of metal, then bring it to somewhere. All the time, the market could be falling. Uh, you're losing money. So it's really worth it to be able to pick up the phone, be able to sell your product, and also be able to monitor your product and have it very safe, very secure. Easy to start. Call the number, one eight seven seven eight silver and online, therealmoneyshow.com. We'll take our first break and lots more of The Real Money Show coming up, so stick around. And back with more of The Real Money Show, the number to start investing, we advise you do, one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Darren, let's talk about something really juicy, global debt levels on the rise since, oh, I don't know, 2008. They are. And since that financial crisis, there's been a complete uh, onset of global debt re- uh, levels rising. And in the 16th, uh, 16th annual Geneva report that was released this week, the senior economists, including former Federal Reserve economist Vincent Reinhardt, said, and I quote, contrary to widely held beliefs, the world has not yet begun to delever and the global debt to GDP is still growing. Uh, breaking new highs. At the same time, in a poisonous combination, world growth and inflation are also 
uh, lower than previously expected. Now, we would have, and, and, and quote, but we would have something to say about where inflation is or isn't, depending upon where you are in the world. But I understand what he's saying, and the fact that matter is is that global debt levels are increasing if you look at the u.s alone when uh, obama took over and bush left office in just the monetary uh, base mm-hmm. you had about eight hundred billion in monetary base seems like a lot it is a lot again hard to comprehend right. but since that time which is you know 2008 till now six years later uh the truth of the matter is is that that 800 billion is now four trillion so it is it is risen five job fivefold wow. and that is the quickest rise in history of the US mm. uh that is debt that i would assume will never be cured only through the devaluing of their own currency which means you know precious metals will rise dramatically but global debt levels are in fact actually still rising right and this goes to the whole concept about this big experiment that we're watching and and uh then there, of course you're starting to see this thing with the Goldman Sachs tapes and uh um as uh, Michael Lewis called it the Ray Rice moment for for the, for that community for the financial community and the fact is is that that's even more of an experiment there's a lack of regulation out there there's all this money being created um all this skullduggery going on and at any moment it's getting well, all the time it's getting more it's getting larger and it's and it's getting more fragile and any moment it can implode just showing that that debt levels haven't come down since 2008 says you should be prepared for this and one of the best ways to be prepared for it is to not necessarily have all of your eggs in the fiat currency basket and be be invested in in paper you should be looking at gold and silver and buying gold and silver and securing gold and silver has never been easier ever it's so easy to just go online. You can go to guildhallwealth.com. You'll see the e-store um, flag in the top right. You click on the e-commerce store. You can pick the type of bullion that you want. Pick your bars. Take delivery of those bars. If you're starting to get to a point where you have a 1,000 ounces or, or more and you really want to start to secure that because you don't want to have that uh, in your home yeah. and be protecting it your on your own, we have the depository to do that, and again, it's segregated, it's allocated. The scratch bar that you put in is the scratch bar you're going to get out. It's the scratched bar you're going to go visit. And uh, again, you can you can get some information on that by going to guildhallwealth.com. You can buy it online at guildhallwealth.com. Um, you can also combine that with a natural fancy colored diamond, which we'll get into the next segment. And there's so many ways that you can protect yourself, Not, not even – to mention the fact that the prices of gold and silver are so low right now, it couldn't be a better time to buy. Every analyst out there is saying the exact same thing. And in fact, analysts now on CNBC and the other type of news networks are all saying, why are we in the stock market? It's starting to look really volatile. Uh, the U.S. hasn't improved in their economy and the jobs and the creation of homes. Nothing seems to, to have improved here. So let's start looking for alternatives. You want to be in on gold and silver before it's too late and the market starts to really rise because it's my contention that when that happens, you're actually not going to even be able to get your hands on the physical product. And we can say that because at these low prices, we're having there's already back orders. There's delays of any Anywhere from four to six weeks on many occasions to get product to, to renew our inventory. So mm-hmm. it's very important to to be prepared, get that bullion early, get into the market because when the market does take off, you don't want to miss those those initial moves. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. How about what's happening on the geopolitical front? I'm sure it's not uh, 
terribly appealing. Well, right this now. week this week is a tough week because not only do we still have the ongoing situations in the Middle East, and uh, of course with Russia and Ukraine, there's more video coming out of the ongoing uh, certain uh, war uh, there. And again, that's it's, it's incredible, and I really feel for my friends that are on both sides of that fence. But this week we also saw pro democratic protests in Hong Kong, and these have been picking up momentum over time. On CNBC on Monday, Gordon Chang, the author of The Coming Collapse of China, said today is a very important day for Beijing and for Hong Kong government because if they don't control the streets of Hong Kong today, they could see this thing start to mushroom. And Beijing has had a lot at stake here as this is something that could spread. Now, political science scientists call it the demonstration effect, and we're starting to see that now in China. So this is another huge uh, feather uh, that's developing in the cap of all the geopolitical instability around the world. And of course, we're watching this very closely as China is a major, major supporter of bullion. And it would not surprise me if their citizens were to flock to these risk-on assets if their market was to destabilize, and this is the type of thing that could cause that. And to add uh, more fuel to the fire, most economists around the world right now are watching China very closely because, of course, China is trying to maintain this huge superpower of economy. They're trying to keep the wheels churning as fast as they can, and they're trying to keep their growth steady. But in all reality, most economists feel that they are on the verge of a collapse, and uh, that could be similar to what happened in 2008 here. And if it was to happen in China, uh, the effects of that would be far-reaching, even to Canada, because uh, we have a lot of economic development based on the Asian community, and a lot of that community is from China. But, you know, even if there's a slowdown in in China, the fact of the matter is, is The population has grown significantly in the last uh, few decades, and we're sitting at a point where silver is at the lowest inventories ever. And we've seen silver move up to $50 back in 1980. Well, there was only North America and Europe, Western Europe, who were involved in that market, and the market went to 50 Today, China's involved in that market. Russia's involved in that market. India's involved in that market. There are emerging economies, much more wealth, people looking to protect that wealth. And so it's no wonder that physical inventories of silver have been on the decline now, strongly on the decline for the last couple of years. And this is only a price movement down in terms of what, what people's perception of, of the value of bullion is. And anyone that can see through it's just simply being a price being pushed down will see that this is the perfect time to accumulate gold and silver simply because there's a lack of silver out there. The demand for it is huge, and it doesn't matter whether China slows down or not. They're going to continue to need silver. It's in computers. It's in cars. It's in cell phones. TVs. It's in plasma screen right. TVs. It's in medical usages all over the place. It's in Band-Aids. They're putting it in soap. They're putting it in toothbrushes. They're putting it in... Uh, it's already in microwaves and fridges. It's in um, uh, burn bandages. Did I say bandages mm-hmm. already? It's in batteries. It's an industrial those, metal, right? All those bombs that the U.S. is dropping in Syria, there's silver in, there's silver in there. So the fact of the matter is, is it's a completely depleted resource at a, comp- at a point where the, the price is completely counterintuitive to where this should actually be. So if you have any sort of common sense abilities, you're going to look at the price of, of of, of bullion, but especially silver, and say, this is the time to 
back up the truck. The only times we've ever said back up the truck, load up the boat is anything under $20 silver. And frankly, when silver gets to $50, it's still going to be undervalued. It's going to be undervalued against the currencies that have been created out there and the demand for silver out there and the inelasticity of this product. It doesn't matter that there's a quarter ounce in every computer. If the price of silver goes up to $300 an ounce, you still need that quarter ounce. They're going to find a way to, to put that into the price. And on that note, while I'm just on a little bit of a rant here, Love it. you know, Apple computers haven't gone up in price in a decade. It still costs $1,300 to buy a computer at Apple. It's just mm-hmm. the, the gigs that are in there. But they're using the same amount of silver in it. So again, the, 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 the value of silver, the price increases in silver aren't going to make a difference to the products that we have in daily use. But we have to consider the emerging economies. We're not living in a bubble. You know, we all replace our cell phones every three years. We all replace computers and cars and all of these things. But there's a whole population looking to own these things. And that's going to mean a demand on, the, on the, the bullion. So you have to look at where the actual product is, how much is actually out there. When you do, when you realize that there's five times more gold above ground than silver and silver's trading at $17 an ounce, you got to be not walking, but running to pick up as much as you can. And we offer it very easily for people to do it. You don't even have to run anywhere. You just go online to guildhallwealth.com, go to the e-commerce store, and pick up whatever whatever you need. So it's the same process, Darren, as picking up some sweet gold. It is the same process, John. And in fact, it's it's easy. And I encourage people to just take a look. Go over to the website. Uh, if you're on Facebook, we have a group on Facebook, really easy to get to. It's called the Gold and Silver Investment Group by Guildhall Wealth Management. If you're on Twitter, it's Guildhall WM. You can't miss us. Uh, but reality is owning a little bit's never going to hurt anybody. I mean, we're not talking about even owning ten or twenty or thirty thousand dollars of it. You can start in silver, as Jeremy said, for under twenty bucks. And I mean, that's just one way you can get involved. Now, over time, every time you see fifty cents of movement in the price of silver, it goes from seventeen to seventeen fifty. Go and buy another coin. Yeah. Go and buy another one ounce bar. But if you're an investor and you want to get involved in an undervalued asset, own silver today. Get into our office. Talk to us today. Don't put it off. We'll take a short break. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver Again, one eight seven seven eight silver or go to therealmoneyshow.com. And back with more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call, therealmoneyshow.com online. Let's do some diamonds, fellas. Let's talk about demand, first of all, Jeremy. What do you say? Yeah, well, um, as we're talking, of course, you can go look at some diamonds that we have at guildhalldiamonds.com, and you can call us anytime to discuss diamonds, learn about diamonds, learn how to purchase a natural fancy color diamond. We're, we're more than happy to help. But to, on today's uh, portion of the show, we're going to talk about supply and demand. We'll start with demand. Uh, a good article came out recently by an industry analyst and consultant, diamond industry uh, analyst, uh, Paul Zimniski, and he put that out uh, through Diamond Investing News. And, you know, he didn't really say anything in in our world that, that is unknown to us, right. but, but he certainly marks the point and underlines it and underscores it, particularly on the demand side. In China, the it's starting to really become popular for people to uh, get engaged with diamonds. 
that that's a new thing in China. Um, in North America, of course, a Diamond is Forever is something that's been going on for for uh, fifty plus decades, but. Um, but in China, it's a new thing. So there's a definite demand for diamonds on the rise. We're talking about white diamonds in this in this case. But, of course, that mm. also leads to people wanting to be different. Um, and the rarity of, of colored diamonds does dictate that that demand is also increasing in Asia for colored diamonds. But it's not just in China. It's also in India. They have a, a already a legacy for enjoying diamonds, but it's also on the rise as their middle class grows. So what we're seeing is that there is this trend of emerging wealth, emerging economies, um, people moving from lower class to middle class and wanting the luxuries that North Americans and Europeans have, not only wanting those luxuries but also wanting to – to protect their wealth, grow their wealth, and and the diamond industry is 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 the perfect place for that. Colored diamonds, of course, being very rare, are part of this trend, and this is why not only has colored diamonds never dropped in value, but this also puts a floor under the pricing for for all diamonds, and shows that going forward, prices are going to continue to rise. This doesn't, uh, you know, everybody in the world may want a colored diamond, but this doesn't matter as far as availability. These are rare items. These are rare investments, right? Well, you can't. I mean, if you have a red diamond as it is, a pure red, you own one of about 20 to 30 that's in crazy. the world. I mean, that's it. That's all there is. We've seen two come through our office, and it's it's fascinating. And Jeremy touched on a point that... Uh, actually lends itself quite well to precious metals also. But uh, we talk about population. 1.3 billion people in China are what we consider part of the urban population. Mm -hmm. The amount of people in percentage terms over the last 20 years uh, that are now buying diamonds as engagement gifts to their loved ones uh, has gone from 1% uh, to 50% as of last year. And that's a tremendous jump in the amount of demand. So even if demand or the markets were, uh, let's say, to uh, to go the wrong way in China and their economy was to experience uh, a pullback, you're not going to experience a pullback in the amount of people who buy these things because this is the Western culture influencing the Eastern right. culture. And the same thing can be said of India, another uh, growing and emergency, uh, emerging economy. One eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show dot com or guildhalldiamonds dot com as well. Let's talk pinks, Jeremy. Uh, sure, uh, pinks obviously still very much on on the rise uh, in terms of demand. Everyone's looking to own one, especially since the Argyle mine, which is looking to close within the next couple of years, is um, is 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 putting more emphasis on that, and people are looking to own them. We have a tough time keeping them around. Uh, anytime we see a pink diamond that's in the $40,000 or less range, we have a really tough time keeping it around. In fact, we had one last week. I think Paul was talking about one last week, and we sold it before we even got it up onto the website. Um, but it, it does, again, underline the point that with the Argyle mine closing, it's not the only one that's closing. In in the article that we're talking about, uh, Zimniski does talk about that, that the mining operations that are out there have been around for quite some time and they're being depleted and they're they're slowing down production. And at the same time, there's not a lot of mining, uh, diamond mines coming online. Most of the diamonds going forward are going to come either from Russia or from Canada and it's very much unknown whether or not they're going to produce anywhere near 
uh, or have any sort of colored diamonds coming out of those mines. And the truth is that that article touches on two of the diamond mines in Canada that people have probably heard of through uh, one of n- a numerous number of shows that mm-hmm. have covered them. Uh, the Diavec and the Victor mines, two of the country's four operating mines, have less than 10 years of production left. Now, Colored diamonds don't really come from Canadian mines, but there is a fact that I want people to know about colored diamonds. One of the reasons we emphasize rarity being the key to ownership of a colored diamond is because you do not have a single mine in the world today in operation that pulls colored diamonds as its primary resource. It's all a byproduct, yeah? Absolutely 100% of the market is a byproduct of either white diamond mining or off-white diamond mining, and that is what makes it so rare. In fact, I'm sure some people would be perplexed to even know this fact, Uh, Many mines, because of the cost factor involved in actually segregating these very rare diamonds, end up crushing them in the cleaning process because they don't have the man hours, the manpower, the time to invest in actually segregating those colored diamonds. And that's really what comes down to helping people to understand what they're holding. And when they buy a colored diamond, it's fascinating for those reasons, but it's a moneymaker. And at the end of the day, for me, other people, when Paul talks about diamonds, he talks about the beauty of it, the ownership aspects of it, and Jeremy, too, sometimes on both sides. For me, it's just a pure money play. I'm an investor. I want to make money. How do I do it? You're putting 12, 15, 20, 30% returns in front of my face and saying all I have to do is is drop a, a fair, reasonable amount to own an asset which has no volatility, and the answer is yes. Got That's it. all it takes. And I was just going to say, why does all of this matter in terms of the demand for diamonds and the mine supply of diamonds is that the fact is the prices are continue, are going to continue to rise. The demand is there. The supply is l- very limited and dwindling. And so you know prices are going to rise. And with the growing wealth, you know it's going to – the demand on color diamonds, which are so individual and so unique, are going to continue to rise. So it, it – it stands to reason that we're seeing in certain vivid yellows, as an example, as much as 35% returns in the pink diamonds. In some cases, if it's an intense and it's a really high quality clarity, we're seeing even higher returns. Um, but even even a fancy yellow, if you buy a fancy yellow, you could get into the market for about $10,000. We're seeing, in, in many cases, double-digit returns on an annual basis. But the the point is, is that if you hold a diamond for five years or more, you're really going to start to see some great returns. Now you can start to easily strategize your retirement, easily strategize paying for an education, uh, which are only going to also get more expensive. So to be able to have an asset that is clearly making double-digit returns year over year that is a long-term hold but has no volatility. You do not have to think about it. It's a great way to put it in your portfolio and be able to make a solid plan for the future um, in terms of, again, whether it's retirement, maybe it's um, giving passing it down. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's lots of different ways that you can use the, the money that can be made by owning a natural fancy colored diamond. But it's important to note as well you can't just buy any natural fancy color diamond and that's enough to make money. You have to buy in it what's considered an investment grade natural fancy color diamond. And at Guildhall, we help educate the buyer to take away that guesswork and be able to walk 
walk away and feel very confident about what you've purchased. And to that end, we offer seminars to be able to help the client to be able to purchase a diamond without the fear that they that they didn't buy the right one and to be confident that the one that they bought is a moneymaker. Well, I know uh, between yourself and Darren and Paul, also your sister, Nicole's, uh, you know, your resident diamond expert at the seminars. How do I get into one? You can go to therealmoneyshow.com and... Uh, you can sign up there. You can go to guildhalldiamonds.com and you can sign up for the seminar there. Uh, we do also have a newsletter that we put out for precious metals, but we do also talk about diamonds in that. And uh, we can send out some other information. So if you can't make it to a seminar per se, please contact us. We can set up a meeting where we can send you the info, teach you how to what to look for in a natural fancy colored diamond. And part of the reason we do this, of course, as well, is because we want the potential buyer to be able to appreciate what it is that Guildhall is doing in terms of our our strategy in purchasing the diamonds for the clients. We only want to buy investment-grade natural fancy colored diamonds and have the clients be able to just not have to worry that they know that all those diamonds are money in the bank. They are money makers. All the client has to worry about really is how much money are they looking to spend and what diamond appeals to them. And that's a great way to purchase an investment of any okay. kind. That number is one eight seven seven eight silver the real money show dot com and you can go to guildhalldiamonds.com as well. You got a story, Darren. Well, I wanted to first off thank uh, a client of mine, Tom, personally on the air. If he's listening, Tom, thanks for the business this week. It's greatly appreciated. And again, welcome to yet another diamond uh, in your uh, collection. And uh, Dom, uh, Tom really was uh, excited about getting into the market. And he actually bought a diamond this week for his nephew. And the reason he bought a diamond for his nephew, very simple. He decided to put something away for his nephew's education. 20 years he's going to hold this diamond. 18, his nephew was just born. Congratulations, diamond. Uh, it's a nice yellow, vivid diamond, and uh, it couldn't couldn't be easier to do. So we want to say thank you to Tom and congratulations on that ownership. has nothing to do to sit back and enjoy and wait. That's it. We'll take a short break. The number one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshow.com. Again, make sure you sign up and look for seminars when they come around. It is education you need if you're thinking of investing in a natural fancy colored diamond. More of The Real Money Show coming up. More of The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. I invite you to stop by guildhalldiamonds.com and check out the collection. Is there t- tell me a story, Jeremy. Tell me a story. Yeah, Darren, I, I, would, I wanted to tell the story because Darren was talking about his most recent client who yep. bought for, for uh, an education. And it, it's not the only reason to buy a colored diamond. You can enjoy it and just make money with them, of course. But I had a client who midway through 2011 bought a pink diamond. Uh, for about $21,000. Today, a very similar diamond would be selling for just over $35,000. Pretty nice. He bought that for his uh, for his kid's education, and you can just start to see the trajectory that these type of diamonds are going to have over time. And again, they've been keeping records on these things through auctions over several decades, and there's never been a price drop on the industry of colored diamonds. In fact, there have only been increases. And depending on what you're purchasing, those increases can be well into the double digits. So it's a very exciting market to be a part of. And we do find that people who do get involved in this market will tend to not buy just one. Because once you've held onto a diamond for a couple years and you see the natural price increases, not only at the market level, but at the appraisal level, at the auction level, you start to get very, very excited. 
The new investor obviously wants to know a few things. They want to know, how do you know the prices are going to rise? And to do that, you you have to follow the market for a little bit or get educated in terms of just seeing the auction records, seeing how the diamonds keep going up through appraisal. Um, And then the other thing is also how does one go about selling a diamond as well? When it comes to selling a diamond... We have to appreciate, again, that it's not a stock. You're not looking to buy this today and maybe sell it tomorrow. That would be the the wrong mentality. The trade-off for a lack of volatility is you have to invest your time. The initial outlay, sure, and then the rest is just investing the time. And the gains on on diamonds really come in at the four- or five-year mark. Now when you hold on to a diamond for over that, you start to really be excited about it and it becomes a difficult prospect to, to, to sell the diamond. But be that as it may, when it comes time to sell, because at Guildhall we only want to sell a certain level of, of diamond, a certain quality of diamond, and it has to be very, very high end, that we're more than happy to, to help clients sell diamonds who've purchased from Guildhall in the past. This way, we get to maintain our level of, of diamonds. It would be very similar um, to be a real estate agency dealing in a very high-end neighborhood. We have no reason to go outside that neighborhood. We're, we know that neighborhood. We, we know all the stats on it. We know each individual house. That's our focus. And same thing at Guildhall when it comes to colored diamonds. We do not go down in our levels. Hey, listen, there might come a time where Clarity-wise, we go from internally flawless on a vivid yellow to VVS. Um, We're seeing the increases on VVS, so it's not so much a sacrifice. But other than those type of things, we're really keeping that level. And that's why clients will continue to come back to us time and again and buy multiple diamonds. And it's great to set up those those relationships. We've held relationships for a long time. We know that we're going to be working with you for years to come to continue to educate the client, continue to help clients appreciate those those diamonds as well. And one of the best ways to really appreciate a diamond, of course, is to put it into some jewelry. Wealth to wear. Wealth to wear. Mm-hmm. We have uh, we do bespoke jewelry. Clients will come to us with with some ideas. We'll help formulate those ideas. Then our designer will come in and say. That's definitely going to work for you. Maybe think about this. Maybe think about that. We come up with with a design, and we've never seen anyone unhappy with a design. They absolutely love it. What better way to enjoy an investment than to put it into a piece of jewelry and take it out on occasion and flaunt it? There's nothing better than having a hmm. having a, a colored diamond, whether it's around your neck or or on a ring, that it never fails to garner attention. Um, so. If you if you own some diamonds and, and bigger has become not better, you can't go much bigger. Think about moving into a colored diamond. You're going to attract a lot of attention. You know, you mentioned uh, real estate a short time ago. Darren, it's the same type of thing. People buy a house and they expect to, uh, to live in it and keep it for 15 years and assume that when they flip it, they're going to make money. It should be the same mentality with a diamond. So if you don't have to clean it, you don't have to upkeep it. You just grab it and hold it. Well, it's especially true for those looking to speculate in real estate. Uh, You don't have the concern of having a renter move in 
taxes, making sure bills or utilities are paid on time. Increases in whatever services are being offered in a local town add to the tax burden. And, of course, all the lawyer fees that go along with it and the regular maintenance on the house. So, I mean, if you take all those things away, I don't know why people's mentality is so fearful to try something new. But that's often the case. People come to us and say, but this is just so foreign to me. I've never... I can't imagine spending $45,000 on something that's smaller than a penny. And I mean, you know, I understand that. But I mean, the reality is that we have to think differently in this day and age. We have to stop thinking about the same old things because those same old things are getting us the same old results. And for the last five, 10 years, we've been losing money hand over fist in those assets. Now, the real estate market, albeit has been very hot, uh, but I think the reality is that we're seeing uh, the growth and demand assets like colored diamonds and gold and silver move right alongside of that. And it's happening in the mainstream. And I would rather be far earlier than far late when it comes to owning. And, and one of the, the differences between a colored diamond and real estate is while we're all dealing with a low interest rate environment, diamonds aren't purchased with a mortgage where the the right. potential to buy more is based on the lower cost of borrowing. Diamond the diamond the fuel for the diamond market is not low interest rates. The fuel for the diamond market on one hand, maybe liquidity, but on the other hand, it's there's a very few amount. There's very few out there. It's extremely rare, and people want to be in that market. The demand continues to rise. Especially, we've seen a huge demand rise in the last five years, and so it's becoming a lot more competitive. And that still doesn't drop the prices. The demand for for colored diamonds dictates that the prices will continue to rise. And this is why it's it's such a wonderful investment to be a part of. We're seeing a lot more investors coming in for designing a portfolio for a legacy, whether it's, you know, we've talked about buying a diamond for children's education, but also buying a diamond for their children. Maybe they already have a house. You know, let's, we, we have the wealth to share Let's buy a diamond. We know that the that our, our children can't sell it right away. Um, maybe give them some time to learn why we've purchased it for them in the first place. And it's very much like, um, I, you know, I heard this story about um, a distant relative or, or a couple generations down um, from Tom Thompson where the cousin had to sell the last piece or it was the great-great-granddaughter had to sell the last piece um, in the mid-'80s. And... She got, uh, or it was he, got a lot of money for it, and this is this is why people own colored diamonds. You're not necessarily looking to sell it per se, but if you had to, it will have gone up. The white diamond, unfortunately, is not going to have gone up. Many people who have bought white diamonds, uh, they're beautiful. Uh, the sentiment is great. Uh, we're not taking away from that. But if you bought a diamond, a white diamond, twenty years ago, you'd probably get what you paid for it. That is not the case with colored diamonds, and that's why people look to own colored diamonds because it is a way to protect wealth and it is a way to grow the wealth. So whether it's putting it in your own portfolio to help create a retirement strategy, whether it's a legacy strategy that you're creating for your for your kids or for your grandkids, whether it's just wanting to diversify away from, from real estate assets or, or uh, stock assets, having a colored diamond in your portfolio is something that allows you to sleep well at night. 
We uh, tell well, at least Darren touched on uh, red diamond and the fact that there's just none around. What is, is the next hot color for uh, for colored diamonds? What's the one that's really hot? Pinks have been hot. Are yellows getting that way? They are. In fact, vivid yellows are one of the diamonds we're having a very hard time sourcing. And that's because of the quality and the level of quality that we expect mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to those diamonds. So that is definitely the next hot diamond, I think, behind pink. And of course, you know, when we have the odd blue in every now and then, uh, it's very difficult to keep those diamonds. And we might get one a year. The reds, of course, we very rarely, if ever, get. But those yellow diamonds, uh, that's where an investor might start their investing. Uh, f- as a perfect example, there's a 1.62 carat vivid yellow cushion cut internally flawless on our site right now and uh, that diamond is a very fine example of what a vivid yellow in the cushion cut should have should include when you're looking at it from uh, the perspective of an investment grade that's a diamond that would be great as a starting diamond for somebody looking for a vivid yellow and of course from a demand perspective yellows are the highest demand diamond right now and you can get into a yellow diamond for for just under $10,000 so it's it is again easy to get into the investment and of course if you know we do have diamonds where you could invest as much as a million dollars if you're looking to to get into that that side of the market as well but getting into a fancy yellow internally flawless diamond for $10,000 give or take is a great way to start getting into the market to really have have your your hands in the market and be able to learn about the market and get excited about the market. It's a place where we often see clients start and then they'll move up. Maybe they'll even trade in their their fancy and move up to an intense. Trade in that intense, get up to the vivid. Um, the more money invested in this market, the better the returns can be ultimately. It's like you said, you know, the uh, the comparison to buying your first bachelor pad, then you move up to one bedroom, then a bungalow, then, you know, Forest Hill, hopefully, right? And, and then one day you sell and retire nicely. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I want to remind people to start investing. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshow.com. Now, Jeremy, you touched on this a short time ago. There is a seminars, guildhalldiamonds.com. Uh, it seems far away, but there's one coming in November, but register now, right? Get on this right now. Yeah, they're becoming very popular. It's good to come to the seminar. You'll learn why invest in natural fancy colored diamonds and how to invest in natural fancy colored diamonds. It's a great way to meet us and to learn about the market. Uh, We're having one again on Saturday, November 8th, and that one's going to be in Mississauga. Mm -hmm. So if that's your neighborhood, definitely log on to guildhalldiamonds.com and sign up as soon as you can. All right, fellas, let's take this one home. Let's wrap this up for another week. Give me some, uh, some briefs, some updates. Don't be uh, too certain that what you saw this week in metals performance is an indication of what you will see in the coming weeks. We do believe a low has been hit in this market and that there will be strong buying on the bounce back from this this market. I encourage you to listen uh, to the next week's show to see where we are pricing-wise. And, of course, with the Precious Metals uh, Advisor coming out on a weekly basis, some of the very points we've been discussing in today's show can be found right in there, and it's free. Just connect with us, get your copy, and of course, you'll start to learn and know what we do, which is the behind-the-scenes stuff. We're watching the uh, geopolitical problems, of course, this week in Hong Kong with demonstrations, pro-democracy demonstrations creeping up. We've heard today now that Turkey is going to be uh, giving the okay to their military to uh, get into Syria and Iraq to contain the ISIS problem that's going on. Again, regional buying is happening from the central banks in that area, and again, we're we're watching these things very closely, but we do believe precious metals go higher from here. 
central banks have been buying like crazy on the on the drop in the most recent drop in precious metals. We need to think like the smart money is doing. You want to buy the value. You can go to guildhallwealth.com. You can go to the e-commerce store. You can call us direct. We can help you purchase some bullion. If you're looking for storage, we can also assist with that. Um, and it's very safe, secure, allocated, segregated. Uh, audit your product anytime you want. Come visit it anytime you want. Or buy it, take it home. And uh, if you want, we can also do a package with a natural fancy color diamond. It's a great package. Start investing. If you need more word than that, the number is one eight seven seven eight silver and online go to therealmoneyshow.com.